here with Katie Power, who was GC at Crabtree at Evelyn. And Katie, can you tell us a little bit about your career to date? Sure. So I started my legal life as a trainee at Norton Rose. I eventually qualified into their contentious team out in the Middle East. And after I had been there for a while, working pretty hard, I decided that I wanted to be back in London and an opportunity came up at the Financial Services Authority, as it was then. It's now the FCA. So I moved back and had a couple of years working, um, I suppose, in that in-house role and then decided that actually I wanted to be a bit more of a generalist. So went to work for Adishal Goddard in their commercial litigation team, where I got more exposure to a greater range of uh, matters. And I think it took me around about another two years from there to decide that actually my London life, I wanted to stem more over a little bit of gym, a little bit of writing a book, doing some more evening courses, and that maybe being a lawyer wasn't for me. So I completely took some time out and I decided to train as a Pilates teacher and did that. Uh, The training took six months and after that I worked teaching Pilates for about another six months and then went to work for Axiom who were offering a lot of opportunity at that time to work on a part-time basis or a fixed-term contract basis and flexibly with a variety of different clients. So I then worked for Reckitt Benkiza through Axiom and continue to teach Pilates on the side. But I really loved my time at Reckitt and they were really supportive of that flexible working environment. And it meant that I became a permanent member of staff. I ended up being there for six years, eventually becoming the head of their global IP team and then got poached by Crabtree a couple of years ago to become the deputy GC and then eventually the GC. And also really lucky at Crabtree that we have a flexible working policy as well. Amazing. Well, that, it sounds like you've had a very flexible career, which I love. Do you think moving from in-house then private back to private practice mm-hmm. and back to in-house has kind of prevented career progression? It doesn't sound like it, but did it, do, you, do you see it as a kind of positive? I do see it as positive, and I think I'm really lucky to be in a GC position now and be a generalist. I suppose because I took the leap when I was younger and realised that breadth was something that suited me and an and area and working breadth rather than depth and specialism naturally plays to my strengths. It also allows me to work flexibly and to do other things in my life, which keeps me happy and manages my stress levels. So it hasn't been career limited for me thus far, but I suppose it's because I have the kind of thick skin that means that I don't I don't mind sort of touching on things ever so gently and I don't mind t- I don't take things personally and I can move across different areas. Mm-hmm. And so, that's quite key in house really, isn't it? Because you're juggling multiple different practice areas. Really. It, yeah, you're, ma- you're, you're managing lots of different practice areas and loads of different characters and you're often the bearer of quite bad news. So I think it's important to be, not be able, not to take it personally and to be able to move away from it. Also, for working at home means that I don't have to be facing that day to day. I don't have that interaction where it's always wearing me down, which I think when I was in a law firm, it was so constant and it was such a huge part of my life because I was starting at 8am, finishing sometimes. 10 o'clock mostly sort of 7, 8 in the evening it, it takes over everything mm. and it's amazing that eight years ago you kind of started flexible working because I still feel that we're we're not there yet and especially in private practice there's not really the offer for flexible working so have you have you noticed a trend of more of your friends 
beginning to look at more flexible working roles or your employees at Crabtree asking for flexible working? You're right that we're definitely not there yet. And I think eight years ago, it was seen as quite pioneering to want to do a few different things. I'm really surprised at how little the conversations moved on. People do talk about it a lot more. And I work in an environment where, because I do work flexibly, I come across people who also work flexibly in an in-house environment. But when I speak to my peers who are still at law firms, it is still quite unusual. And most of the people that work flexibly feel this need to have to justify it. So it tends to be people who have families and they feel that that's gives them a credible reason for working flexibly whereas with my team I say you don't need to have a reason that you're entitled to run your week how you would like to run it regardless of what responsibilities you have you might not have any responsibilities at all but you might just need that day to be at home without people constantly hounding you at your at your desk and actually get some work done you might work better in that environment Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's not really something the law firms I feel are taking on or if people do they say quite proudly oh I work one day a week from home and it's every Friday to me that's not working flexibly so I think that we've still got a long way to go unfortunately yeah I completely agree can you tell us a little bit about the flexible working then that you've implemented at which you implemented at Crabtree and do you then look at output rather than input yeah, I think it's really it's really important to start with um, being accountable and treating everybody as adults, not as children. You you know you hire someone someone you think they're going to do a good job. If they're not doing a good job, then address their their work life balance. Address what's going on, but don't start with I only trust you if you're in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I was really lucky at Reckitt that because it was um I was centrally based in London but the office was in Slough they were quite used to having those conversations up front about attracting talent from regions outside of Slough and saying well the commute's actually quite difficult we're on the M4 the traffic's terrible we're not close to the station so they were very open to flexible working being a contractor as well initially when I started there gave me even more flexibility in terms of allowing them to be open-minded about whether it would work because quite frankly if I wasn't performing then they could they could get rid of me so I knew on my terms that if I had things to do then actually I needed to really make sure that I hit those deadlines and at Crabtree I I've always told my team that I don't want them to have to justify why they're working from home. So if they're not working mothers, it doesn't mean that they don't have a right. It also, I also don't need them to tell me which day they need to work from home and why. I expect them to give me notice and I want us to have open conversations so that we've got a presence in the office when we need one. But it shouldn't be a case of I need to be at home on Tuesday. Oh my gosh, I need to change that because I've got a parcel delivery I didn't know about. I don't need the reason. So I just tell people it's up to you how you manage your week but don't miss important meetings don't miss deadlines and just communicate and it all comes down to trust really doesn't yeah. it trusting your employees that they're going to do the job that they're hired for absolutely you have to trust people it's if you're you've been paid a salary you have integrity i mean regardless of whether you're a lawyer or not you know every, everyone has the right life is stressful especially in london commuting is expensive we're all going to catch coronavirus <laughs> if, if we if we travel at the moment um but it it's stressful and it's expensive you know it, and my whole day can be ruined by bad interactions i can have in the morning if i'm deciding to r- travel at rush hour mm. therefore why do it if i come in 
a little bit later and then I leave later, that that should be my prerogative based on how my day's going. I think people look at flexible working arrangements as being quite set. Like I'm going to work a four day week or I'm going to come in at 10 and um, go at four, but I must be online for three hours to justify what I'm doing. And I don't think it can be like that. My weeks are very fluid. I'll have external meetings. I'll have big work projects where I really need to get my head down. I'll make a decision almost sometimes day to day on when I'm going to be in the office and when I'm not. Mm-hmm. And now with technology, you can speak to anyone whenever. You know, we, we use Slack, so everyone's yeah. on chat pretty much all the time. Why invest in technology and then not let your employees work flexibly? That doesn't seem to make any sense. You've spent the money. It helps people's well-being not to have to be in the office and to use a technology. If you're the kind of boss that needs to monitor in order for you to feel that people actually are working, then, although I wouldn't encourage it, but a lot of these um all of these software um, applications do actually give you the ability to monitor people working. I know that at Reckit we used, um, we had an internal messaging system, which would literally have a, if you were away from your desk for too long, it, it would go red and it would say how long that person had been away from wow. the desk from, which I found pretty archaic. Um, and it became a weird way that people were checking up on each other. Mm. But, you know, if you're, if you are that kind of boss, you've probably got bigger questions to ask than, you know, why, why are my team working flexibly? I think people need to start with why aren't my team working flexibly mm-hmm. and, and work from there and did you find that having a flexible working policy affected the culture at all it does affect the culture if you're never present and I've definitely worked with people over the years who've been out of the office more than they've been in the office and it does have an effect mm-hmm. you, you do build rapport face to face that you cannot recreate and there is a lot to be said for you know, when we have I have a client base that stretches from the US over to China my relationships with those people have improved when I've gone over and made the effort and been in their office for a while and made and had that face-to-face integration. But it's both. It doesn't have to be constant. No. So you make the initial introductions, you take the time, you create the relationship, and then you can work remotely or flexibly. And on the flip side, you can have a really good relationship on quite a remote basis, which you can find suddenly is slipping. And then again you need to take a look at yourself and say right this isn't working I need to be more face to face I need to go and work with that person and and get that relationship back onto the right track and it it so depends what work they do with our paralegals we always say actually train people on site initially build up that relationship and then of course they can work from home if if you trust them and they feel comfortable to be able to ask questions because I think especially that age they might be a bit scared of picking up the phone and saying I don't understand whereas in a room you can be like yeah definitely it's, um, it's really interesting and I'm sure remote working hopefully it will continue to to rise finally there's been a lot of studies about whether four days make you more productive or not what are your thoughts on that the friends I have at law firms that are paid to work four days end up working five and I wouldn't say when I meet them and talk to them about how stressed they are or whether they have an appropriate work-life balance that they're convincing me that that is a, a good decision. Mm-hmm. Personally, going forward, I would love to work a, a four-day week, but I think because I'm used to working flexibly, I think I'd have the discipline on that fifth day to absolutely not look at my laptop and my team know that if there's an emergency, call me, like don't email me. And I would actually fill it with doing other things, things that I need in my week to make me feel that I'm 
coping and I'm de-stressed and I've got a little bit of mindfulness away, away from my desk. So the other thing I would say about measuring productive productivity and four-day weeks is that the metrics we have for that are probably not appropriate for what we're trying to gain. Again, with legal teams it's really hard to measure value mm. and if we're always being if we're always being measured on metrics that are really probably more appropriate for a finance team it's really it's really difficult to demonstrate how a four day week is increasing your productivity mm-hmm. because there's no measure there's no real measure of success if your lawyer is less stressed and has more time because they're not commuting and is doing a better job for you on your contracts. You don't really have any measure for that as mm-hmm. opposed to someone squeezing something in frantically and working uh, working a five-day week and, and being over, overworked and, and really feeling the pressure. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really know is the answer. I, I love the idea of it, but... I think having an office, if everyone had a four day week, you had an office that was completely empty on a Friday. I do think that impacts on the culture. Yeah. And I think it's also, I like your point about, it it sits on the employer as well as the employee. Because Mm. if you're working a four days week as an employer, you should let that person have the freedom on the, say the Friday, not bombard them with other work to do. Well, thank you so much. That's been so interesting. No problem. And yeah, stay in touch and and bring on flexible working. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, this is Katie Power. Last time I spoke to Mary, she and I, a few short weeks ago, were discussing remote working and working from home and whether we thought it was changing in the legal industry and what the future held for it. Little did we know how massive an impact coronavirus was going to have on our lives. As I sit in my home office looking out the window, I have to say I never envisaged that remote working would come to the fore in such a substantial and dramatic way. Does this mean I'm happy about it? And does this mean I think it's been successful? actually not on either count. I've never been a believer that remote working and the home office should be a substitute for being in an office away from your home and if that doesn't make sense let me explain a little bit more. I've been speaking a lot to friends of mine who are lawyers who are now remote working and asking them how they are finding it. And the common theme seems to be that people are busier than ever. Part of this we can obviously attribute to the fact that coronavirus has impacted on our businesses in numerous ways and increased our workloads, obviously, as we as we scrabble to be reactive and to help our businesses try and figure out how they can survive in these strange times. But the other part of this is that people, I think feel the need to prove themselves. And I don't know whether this is something that is really a lawyer's problem or if it goes across all industries, but there's definitely been a case of more hours being performed working at home, in calls, presentations, everyone trying to prove that they are in fact working and not slacking off. I don't think it's necessarily particularly healthy that the whole point really of remote working was to get back time, not to spend more time letting the boundary blur between your home life and your work life. 
I do think it will settle down and I think actually it's been a huge bonus for all of us who have been advocates of remote working because people will eventually realise that we already have the tech that we need in order to be able to work remotely and that it can be done and also just because you are at home doesn't mean you're slacking off and I've always believed that some of those perceptions are the biggest obstacles to why companies are slow and why law firms and in-house legal teams in particular are slow to adopt working from home policies. However, it doesn't change my stance on the fact that there is no substitution for face-to-face -face contact. And I am still hopeful that once we get back to a little bit of normality, we will maybe see a change in focus for our face-to-face -face time. It will be more creative and more collaborative. And then people will do more of their project management and their admin when they are at home. And hopefully within a normal working pattern, a sort of nine till five, nine till six with a proper lunch break, time for exercise. And we will be able to gain back some time that we would normally have wasted commuting and sort of chatting at the water cooler and use that to be more productive in other aspects of our lives. Hope everyone is keeping well and safe and isn't too overwhelmed.